Welcome back to Distinct Nostalgia by MIM. More than a podcast. Brought to you in partnership with Life Rooms and Mersey Care NHS Foundation Trust. Staying well, staying home. No stranger to distinct nostalgia, last time we spoke to Roberta Carr was when she popped in to talk to us about her occasional role as Ken Barlow's mistress, Wendy Flamin' Crozier, as Deirdre used to call her, in Coronation Street. But Roberta has had another big role in British soap. She played Jan Glover for four years in Emmerdale in the mid to late 90s, and the roles couldn't be more different. Roberta's been chatting again to Ashley. I wonder what Jan would think of Wendy and vice versa. Perhaps we'll find out. You're saying that, you know, there's, you could have got a bit of typecasting to an extent from playing Wendy. But you actually, your character in Emmerdale was quite different, wasn't she? Very, yeah, yeah. That was the fantastic thing for me. I love being outside, so I love doing um, Emmerdale. Um, and I also liked being part of a family. Um, in, in Emmerdale, which again was very different because Wendy was just like on her own. Um, so I love being part of the family and having those different interaction. Actually, really what you said at the beginning of our chat just now, um, because then you get to have different relationships with different aged people and people from different, um, with different status, if you know what I mean. So, you know, you, you don't react in the same way to everybody all the time so I enjoyed that very much. Tell us a little bit about the Emmerdale and getting the part and how that came about and you know I mean you've, were you were you living in the north at that point were you still? I, well I've lived here for year over 40 years I mean I've yeah, yeah, yeah. lived here longer than I've lived anywhere else. I, I, I was asked to go for it um, the, the producer the producer at the time was an interim producer who had been a producer when I was on Brookside. So he knew me from that. So it could have been that. I don't know. I don't know. So I just went along and I did my casting. And um, then I went for the recall. And I remember thinking as I drove over to Leeds, I remember thinking, oh, this is a bit of a trek of a journey when I went for the first bit of the interview. But oh, this is a bit of a trek. Um, and my boy then just started school then, so he was five. And I thought, oh, I don't know if I want to do this great trek. And then I got a recall. So I thought, oh, well, I'll go with the recall because I've got to, I had to improvise to camera with the other family members, potential family members. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. I'd like to do that. I've never had to do that before. So I thought, well, I'll go along to that and see what that's like. Uh, so I went along and did that. And I thought, oh, well, this is great. So I really enjoyed that. And then I was offered it. So, and then in, initially... Um, we were told it was for three months. So I thought, oh, well, that's okay. You know, we discussed how we'd manage it with our son and so on. Um, so we thought, yeah, three months, that's all right, that's doable. Which, of course, was basically what my initial situation with Coronation Street was maybe the same, you know, 13 eps. So this was three months. Um, and then, of course, once you're in a family and, you know, they wanted to see how what the chemistry was like and so on. And, of course, all that was great. Um so then they wanted to keep us on. And then suddenly you're a bit embroiled because you can't go, Ooh, well, actually, it's not just me. It's, it's four other people in the family. So, <laughs> so then, you know, you stay. And then before you know it, it's four years. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, absolutely. And, of course, um, yeah, the trip over the Pennines can be a bit of a... I mean, I'm from Yorkshire myself. Um, right, OK. I used, to, I used to go out with somebody in Lancaster, actually. Oh, really? We, we never... <laughs> I never drove over there because I couldn't drive at the time. I used to go over by 
by train from. Oh, did you go on the little train? Yeah, I lived in Wakefield, and we, oh, okay. it was a night. It used to take forever. Did take you go forever. on the little one that goes through yeah. Gargrove? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 lovely journey, but yeah. it takes you forever to get there. That yeah. relationship didn't last long because it was just too <laughs> much. <laughs> this is when I was very young. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so no, it, it's interesting. So Emmerdale and you, yeah, you, you created this this family, of course, um, and your your husband in it sadly has just died recently, hasn't he? Yeah, um, Johnny. Johnny, yeah, Johnny. So tell us a bit about that. What was what were they meant to be? What was the general premise of what that family was gonna? What was the, what was the plans for them at the beginning? Right. Okay. Well, I think with with the Glovers, um, we were supposed. Again, this is a kind of a status thing, isn't it? The Glovers were, you know, farming stock, but down from status wise, down from the Sugdens. So that was what that was. Um, and then it, and then when we got a new producer, uh, Melvin Watson, he introduced the Dingles, which so the Dingles were the next step down again. So. That, it was that thing, you know, I'm better than him and you're better than that kind of power struggle in terms of status was was one of the, the conflicts, one of the tensions uh, with, the, with the Glovers trying to be better than the Dingles. Um, so, I, I mean, and then, of course, they lived nearby. The, 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 we had them. That, that was another location thing. The Glovers had this fantastic house. Mind you, it was a bit of a wind tunnel, but fantastic house on top of a hill. So we did um, our stuff there. Um, so not that much in, not as much studio. in studio. Yeah. And the Dingles had they had this sort of cottagey ramshackle thing right next door. So that was that was great. Another great potential for storylines there and the conflict. And, and this was a, this was at a time, wasn't it, when Emmerdale was Emmerdale was evolving. It was changing. They were bringing in new people, new characters. Obviously, the Dingles were the were the big new sort of hmm. family sort of. Because I remember watching Emmerdale from being I watched Emmerdale Farm. And I always found this period in particular, I found it quite difficult for me as an Emmerdale watcher because I was like, what are they doing? What's going on? Well, yeah. I got used to it, but it was, it was a revolutionary period for the show, wasn't it, really? Well, our family came in just after the, the plane crash, when, when the plane crash, of course, got rid of loads of people. Um, and so we were the, the first sort of batch in after that, I think. So there again, it's a bit the same as I was saying with uh, splitting up a relationship with um, Gary Kennedy. Um, it's the same sort of thing. It, other, the other people in the cast who were then left were thinking the same thing. What's all this about? So, so you have to sort of tread carefully, really. Quite good that a lot of your stuff was out and about then, rather than in the studio again. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Although you wouldn't necessarily. So, I mean, I did do. Then, of course, also the other thing that was new then was. They were replacing, yes, Sutton's character, yeah. yeah, yeah, they were playing. So that was another new thing as well. Spyro came into play. That's right. So then Ali came, and uh, and so we came more or less at the same time. So that was that was another interesting thing because it's it's kind of in terms of storylines, who's going to be friends with whom? Because then if Jan Glover's going to be friends with Sarah Sugden, then that that could be work, and there could be storylines there, and then of course with them. Um, the Dingles coming, that sort of changed that because that was tricky for um, Ned Glover, Jan Glover's husband, with his relationship then with the Dingles because he was also had a good relationship with Joe Sugden. So, you know, there's all of that kind of stuff going on. You got to be a, a, a barmaid in this one, didn't you? Is that right? You were in the wall. Yes, I did. That, well, in fact, Jan had to go at everything, really. Um, so yes, he was a barmaid for a bit, 
that was good. I think she was um, a waitress for a bit in the tea rooms. Um, I think she did a bit of nannying. Yeah, the the the, um, the barmaid thing that was with Alan Turner, wasn't it? That was that was yeah. Then of course she took some money and then had to replace the money and all of that. That so that was quite a good story. Good uh, setup. It's good to be in different places. It's good to mix it all up. It was great. You had, you had quite a lively few years, Emmerdale, To be fair, yeah. Well, before yeah. we go any further, working with uh, Richard Thorpe, what was that like? Because he'd been a stalwart of Emmerdale for many years. Oh, fantastic. things before that, hadn't he? He was in loads yeah. of films. And yeah. Well, was he a nice chap, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, really nice chap. Yeah. Lovely guy. Sadly, sadly departed as well, of course. Yeah. But tell us about some of the, um, the, the dramatic things that went on. Because oh my you, God, my children kept dying. You mean that? Good well, grief. Did, yeah, and you kidnapped a baby at one point. And... I know. I mean, the worst, yes, it was, it was the deaths. It was the deaths. It was, I was, I did, there was a spate where I seemed to be constantly at a hospital bedside, crying or doing worried faces and stuff. Um, or at the kitchen table with loads of tissues. And that's mother. It's draining, isn't it? Because you've really got into that role. You've got, it has yeah. to be believable. And yeah. that must have been quite, quite difficult. One scene I watched recently, there was a, because they obviously showing them in the afternoon on ITV3 quite a bit recently. And was there something where, had there been some kind of fire? And wasn't, was, was Ned involved in it or something? There was some kind of, or your do, do was involved in it or something. That, that wasn't that when Dave, Dave died? It probably was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was when Dave died um, because he was he thought the baby was trapped in there. Or um, anyway, the baby ended up being fine, and um, but he then died subsequently of smoke inhalation or something. Um, anyway, he died as a result of the fire. So that was him. And then, kind of like within a year, um, Linda had died in a car crash. So there was. There was that as well, and but, that's but what led to the kidnap wasn't you kidnapping somebody? Uh, yes, yes, the baby. Um, but because we all thought that the baby was Dave's, therefore, i.e., Jan's grandson. But for, in fact, in the event, there was a they did a DNA test and it wasn't. It was Frank Tate's baby. It turned out. But yeah, so she took, that's how what happened. She then, she took the baby, she kidnapped the baby and went to a, a derelict hospital um, and sort of holed up there and uh, kind of went a bit loopy, really. Because yeah. she also, she didn't just do that. She actually thought that it, it wasn't her, she thought it was Dave as a baby. She thought it was her baby. So yeah, it was a bit of a, so then she was in a psychiatric ward for a bit. Which was um, which was great. Yeah. Did you have to? you have to put in a bit of research for that? Yes. Well? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the, but 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 by then, but also, um, but when Linda died, I remember there was a whole thing of going to the graveyard. You see, this is the thing. You pick, it isn't just hospital beds. You then you do funerals, and oh, the whole thing's actually draining. And um, uh, talking to her at the grave those kind of things we, we've just been talking about all these different storylines and all these different connections with all these different people and whether you're a an actor in the program or whether you're a fan it's difficult to keep up sometimes isn't it as to who's related to who's connected to honestly i mean sometimes i don't know how the the writers keep up with it really because it's like you know 
the, the backstories are, are crazy, aren't they? These programs. It, well, it, yes, it is. But then, as an actor, you're the you're the keeper of the keys, aren't you? Really. So I remember that I had a a space about a year probably where I kept a diary for Jan. It was Jan's diary, so I wrote on it what happened because. Because you do, you have a team of writers, there are different writers, you have, you know, a team of directors, different directors, and they don't, you know, you, you, if you're established, now this is a really um, sort of rather domestic, trite example, but so for instance, I did an awful lot of scenes as Jan Glover hanging out the washing um, on a line. I the, right. And then the different director came and he wanted a whirly gig. And you think, oh, but, but she's got a washing line. You know, I've done three years of a washing line and now I've got a whirly gig. And you just kind of wonder if that's, where does that fit, you know, with... people. I've heard people say, certainly a couple of the people I remember talking to from EastEnders, saying there were certain things that became their their favourite props. And if anybody changed them, they really had a go at them. I, I, somebody, like a bit like uh, Pauline, used to have a, Pauline Fowler used to have a fruit bowl. And when right. it, it was very keen on this fruit bowl, and I think when they tried to change it once, you went, went bonkers about it. Did you have well, any favourite props at all? Well, I, I mean, I suppose the thing for me, apart from the washing line, was the fact that we had hens and we had a dog. We had this fabulous collie dog. But, the, but you know, sometimes people would forget we had the dog. And, you know, it's those things that when somebody comes to the door, the dog barks, you know, because they just do, don't they? Um, and so you think, why, why, why isn't the dog barking? Or you know, they, you have to want to kind of go. Well, are we going to see the dog soon again? So it's just those kind of things, really. Absolutely. But the great thing about being on Emmerdale, of course, and I know this because I'm, I'm from Yorkshire, and Emmerdale was my sort of soap growing up. Really, where everyone knew Emmerdale and Calendar, the local news program, always used to talk about Emmerdale all the time, and we used to go on day trips to Emmerdale. So Emmerdale's part of the sort of lifeblood of people in Yorkshire to an extent, I think. But just the beauty of being outdoors all the time, being I know. in the countryside, you know, and, and, and you, I know the, you were there in that changeover period, weren't you, between the fact that they, they, they used to do all the scenes, I think, obviously, out to Eschalt, mm. uh, the village, and then, of course, the farm used to be way, way out near, I can't remember exactly, somewhere in the hills anyway, and then, of course, it all changed, didn't it, because they set, they, need, they had the new set and everything, but they built the village, the, yeah. just the fact that you're out outdoors, and it must have been brilliant. Oh, I, I absolutely loved it. I mean, the, the downside was things like with the washing line again, you know, if it was cold, because of course you were filming about five weeks in advance. Um, so if it's, the sheets froze on the line, then you got the props guy hurling a bucket of water at it, those kind of things. But and my fingers sometimes would be absolutely red raw. But I didn't, I kind of didn't mind because I just absolutely did love that, I must say. But then you've got, the, you, you've also got your wet weather cover or the wind and you know things that you can't control because it's not a controlled environment but then when they built the village there it wasn't a controlled environment anyway no, and of course it's the same with, with coronation street now yes yeah yeah absolutely in fact they had problems quite a lot of problems actually with with wind and stuff mm. from the the big tower that's built in city center and whatever and and it's not you know i don't, for me it's not the same because i live right in the city center near in castlefield which is very close to the yeah. old coronation street and it was great to have it there and and I think it was probably great for the actors because at least they could go out to the bars and restaurants and think, yeah. OK, they might have to be incognito, but at least they could, you know, experience the city. Whereas now it's a media city and there's not a great deal there, to be honest. Mm. It's a bit mm. isolated at night time and things like that. Um, so with Emmerdale then, obviously you were there for, was it four years you were in Emmerdale? Yeah. Is that right? Four years. 
Um, obviously, your characters have become pretty established by uh, by, by that point. Um, was it your choice to, to leave Emmerdale, or did they just want to write you out? What was the, what was the deal with that? Yeah, no, that's, that wasn't my choice. Uh, so they had her... Um, she didn't die, so she went, having recovered from this sort of, you know, psychiatric thing, uh, that she went to live with her sister in Manchester. Um, and she's there to this day, as far as we know. So, yeah, no, no, it wasn't my choice. Only on Distinct Nostalgia. When I ran out of children's books, I used to read from Woman's Own. Who knew a four-year-old would be gripped by an article on cross-stitch? We're uniting the ages with Generation Games, a series of comedy and drama monologues and duologues coming exclusively to Distinct Nostalgia. Stories exploring connections, friendships and relationships between people across different age groups, beginning with Missing You, starring June Brown and Sam Barnard. Mum thinks I need protecting, but I need protecting from love. Pity that social worker of his can't do something useful for a change. Contact the noise abatement lot. Put in a complaint. I like her, I said. And then, silence. What's the problem? I asked. She'll take advantage of you, Mum warned. Missing You by Richard Verjet, with the legendary June Brown only on Distinct Nostalgia. More than a podcast. Uh, testing in two on two. And there's another bonus soap treat now over on Distinct Nostalgia's sister podcast, Kelly's Heroes. I've got another terrific actor for you. Where queer as folk star Craig Kelly regularly catches up with some of his showbiz friends for a chat about life and to reminisce about the old times. When she burst on our screens, it's safe to say she smashed it out of the park. And he's recently been catching up with none other than East Enders legend. Tamsin Althwaite. You do get a bit nervous of the people that you recognise, because I was an EastEnders fan before. It wasn't like I need to make a big splash. You just want to be truthful to what you're, you like, serve the piece. Serve the script and make sure that you're as realistic as possible. They were golden time. I really enjoyed working there. That's Kelly's Heroes, with EastEnders star Tamsin Althwaite. Kelly's Heroes. Mate, that was beautiful. <laughs> Search for Kelly's Heroes wherever you get your podcasts. I will speak to you anon. If nobody was told what you were meant to do, if there weren't any rules, then we would be living in a totally different format. A brand new podcast featuring rarely heard voices from across the UK and around the world. Bisexuality is not really understood because people have biphobic tendencies. And the second you mention bisexual, just their ears pick up. Contemporary conversations around bisexuality. Oh, well, you're still confused, right? No, I'm not confused. We are questioned so much more than people when they come out as straight or gay. It's intense pressure of like, am I sure? You're literally like monitoring yourself. Every episode will include a very personal story as we try to paint a real picture of bisexual Britain. This is Bisexual Brunch. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. What about the actors that you worked with? Obviously, Johnny, you mentioned, and and the, and the children, or whatever. It was fantastic to work with. I thought we worked really well as a as a as a family, and everybody would be absolutely bob on with their lives. And when we we'd all learn separately. I mean, and uh, TJ Tanisha, she had 
practically photographic memory, it would seem, just staring at the script and it just went in. So all that was was great, really good. And we, we would do a, um, a line run, quite kind of flat, first time we were all doing it together, and then do it a second time and it would just be vroomf, it was just fantastic. Also, I mean, we, we took it quite seriously, and so if there were things that were quite, that might be tricky, we'd, we might um, contact each other and maybe work on something um, ourselves. I remember doing that with Johnny and I don't know if Ian was involved with that, but um, working on stuff ourselves and then sort of saying, what do you think about this to a director? Um, so that was, that worked really, really well. And with Ian, Kelsey played Dave, um, the older son. I remember when I did a tour in 2015 of um, Cura of The Dog in the Nighttime, he was doing a Shawshank Redemption. We were kind of following each other around the country. I left, in fact, it was, I think it was Lee's Playhouse or Leeds. Was it the Playhouse? No, it wasn't the other theatre. Well, it was the West that, York Square. Yeah, no, it wasn't that one. It was the big one, the commercial theatre. I left him a message because they were coming after us. The Leeds Grand. The Grand. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I left him a message because he was he was coming after us. Also, I did, um, I did a Holby City or a casualty. I think I did a casualty with him uh, quite soon afterwards. Uh, quite soon after I'd come out of... We, both, we were both out. He'd always worry out of Emmerdale. Um, and that was quite weird. And we were a kind of across the bed. Uh, he was a doctor and I was the relative of a patient. And I remember thinking, in fact, we both did thinking, ooh, what's this going to be like? Because we're going to be in the same frame. Will we be? Had we better say? Does anybody know we were mother and son in something else? Um, but in fact, they did know. Um, and I think it was one of those... Uh, things where the producers quite like that irony um and in fact i think we weren't i think they assured us we wouldn't actually be in the same frame because i think that would have been a bit weird actually um anyway so yes um and tj had seen uh, i saw everybody actually at a um an emmerdale reunion or a some sort of a do somebody was i can't remember what the setup was but yeah so everybody was there which was great to see everybody and that's why I saw Johnny that was the last time I saw Johnny so um so that's just really sad yeah definitely very 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 sad nice guy and a good uh, good, good actor um, <laughs> and a fantastic raconteur was he really yeah. oh my word absolutely yeah because he was a comic yes of course as well yeah. Yeah. yeah so yes and so he yes he was a superb raconteur really funny with Emmerdale, just just my my just my comments on it on the, that that family, what I remember of it. I just remember you being. I do remember you hanging out of the washing a lot. I do remember. That. <laughs> I do remember you having a washing uh, basket or something under your arm quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but I just remember what I remember about the character more than anything was I just felt as though you you played mum very well in the sense that you were you know to me there was something about yeah. you, you had this sort of I don't know it was a, sort of you, you obviously had you know, caring nature of a mum, but there was that sort of agony as well. I mean, obviously you did have a lot of agony to go through, we know, yeah. but, but it felt as though, because, you know, my mum was always like that. You know, she was, she, she, you know, on the surface, she was always smiling and having, getting on with things, but underneath there was so many things, tensions going on in her world. Do you know what I mean? And I, I do. I made that quite well, you know what I mean? Thank you, thank you. I, because that was the aspect that I did love and it was quite strange for me at the time having a, a primary age child when I actually in the show had three teenagers that was that was quite interesting and a bit of a shock for me to begin with because I was used to five-year-old um but yeah so I really did enjoy that and in fact the whole the aspect of 
um, those the emotions that I got to play. That is actually, as an actor, that's kind of what you want, really, as opposed to being um, an authority figure who has a sort of set speech patterns, way of talking, uh, you know, like a kind of a vicar or whatever. Uh, so this, the 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 private life and all the all the angst, the stuff that she went through, was just. In a, if for an actor was a dream for, for for me my type of actor that was absolutely a dream so you were able to have a lot more depth to that character than you yeah. did with wendy of course i mean yeah. if wendy had been in it for much longer obviously you probably would have developed a, a more depth but there was a there was there was really only a couple of dimensions to Jen, to wendy yeah. you couldn't you weren't allowed to develop that so no that's right know, so yeah i can imagine the challenges were great but God, don't they put you through it for four years? I mean, you, you know, you, characters go through hell and back, don't they, in these soaps? They really do. <laughs> now, you're um, in Brookside back in the early years. We'll be back after a quick break. You still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me? Loading them up on. It, it only takes structure. And, and, you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Nah, I mean. So do do your homies uh got a role in your in your little? You mean? Yeah, yeah. We all we all artists over here, man. I'm trying. Oh, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah. Look, 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 look. We all artists, man. We go. You feel me? We gonna have this like. Bro, me and my man, like me and my man Kai, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this <laughs> shit. Right now. With this I gotta lie, we play with this shit right now for for. Oh, I gotta lie. Don't play with it. Take that shit seriously. I was. That was my second telly um, television job, and I played um, Harry Cross had a, a son, and I played the son's living lover, and so her name was Sally Haynes. And Sally Haynes had been married before, and she had a daughter of, of twelve. Um, so I was semi regular for about three years, and then I wanted. I, I asked. They want to be back again, so I kind of pushed to have a bit more of a storyline. So they gave me a storyline. Um, with only about six eps where I had a baby so um Harry Cross and his wife Betty I think um then had a grandchild so we gave him a grandchild and we named her after Harry so we called her Harriet and that was me on Brookside which was great because actually because my father came from the Wirral so that was quite nice to be um doing something in Liverpool. Fantastic and of course Brookside was Quite unique because you you were you were all on that sort of on on the close yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. um and that was fun that was good fun I, I gather that various houses would double up in different ways for different things wouldn't they and you'd have to or you or people actors would when you had downtime you'd probably go and use your 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 character's living room and things like that wouldn't you, you know? yeah some of them were just, were just just shells but um and i think one was a canteen um, um, offices, yeah, they were all different. Yes, which which is a bit like the same and um, the Emmerdale Village is similar. I, I've always loved all that as an actor. When you when you go and you see a set and you climb up some stairs and there's nothing at the end of the stairs. I've always loved that kind of thing. But of course, in those days, that that what they were doing there was was groundbreaking, wasn't it? What Phil oh Bennett yeah, was you know, it's new, very new thing, you know. So yeah, and do you think you were aware of that at the time? Yes, I was actually. Yes, I was. Um, um, also, I knew Sue Johnston uh, quite well, so, and of course she was on it. I knew other people on the show as well. Yes, I, I was aware of that, and that, that that did make it quite special, actually. 
Do you think you'd like to have stayed in Brookside? Are you happy to? Well, I, I would have, any of these, any of these soaps actually, when you've got, um, when you've got a chance to grow your character and um, really live your character, as I said before, you're kind of keeper of the keys. You've got all that information about your character. I, as long as it doesn't become um, a habit, it, it, it's quite nice having that thing of being able to put on the coat, put on the mantle of of that character, and you know that character inside out. Four years of of Emmerdale wasn't. I wasn't in a position of being bored. I didn't feel I was repeating. Um, so, but, but I can imagine possibly you know if you're in something for a huge number of years there is an element that you might feel that you're repeating I don't know it's all down to the writers isn't it of course in the old days you would never get um not regular actors in in um each of the main soaps I know Wendy wasn't mm. semi-regular but you know you I mean we've had situations since then where you know uh Vicky Binns who I know quite well who was in was in Emmerdale for quite a long time and then she was in Coray Street for a long time. That never used to happen. It was like, just never happened, did it, at one time. Obviously, it happens more now. But something that's quite, 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 quite interesting is the, the, the connect, you know, it'd be, it'd be interesting if you could connect between all these soaps and somebody from EastEnders was to appear in Corrie and somebody from Corrie was to appear in Emmerdale and vice versa. You know what I mean? So there's sort of, yeah, that'd be really, really interesting. Well, just go on, go on, you were going to say. Well, I was just going to say, I actually did do an episode of EastEnders. Um, and in fact, I did mention to uh, Mel, who was... You've done producer, them all, you've done them all. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did actually comment on that and, and say, could that not happen? Because it happens with the extras, you know, the support, the background yeah. artists would be in the bullpack and they would be in the rover. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, you know, the, the, if you're skillful, you don't show your face, so you can get to be in both. both um, yeah. And then, and then there was subsequently because uh, I did the Archers as well, and there was a the it was obviously as a radio soap. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was a situation where there was a cross a crossover where in one of the soaps it was referred to. The Archers was referred to, and I I also oh I wonder if that's because obviously all the producers know each other, everybody knows each other. Oh, that's yeah. a, but that's a canny thing, isn't it? Because that's that's like saying we're real, but that one I've just referred to isn't. So yeah. that's that's quite strange, course, isn't it? But I think it means, in fact, just thinking about Corrine Street, I think I think Sue Nichols' character Audrey listens to the Archers. Right. Okay. Heard her talking about the Archers, but but no, what I think would be interesting would be for say Gail in Coronation Street to take a trip to London mm. and one day end up in the, the Queen Vic, you know absolutely. I mean? and Gail. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, absolutely, absolutely. That brings, me, that brings me back to what I was going to ask you, which was the final question, and this is a bit of, a bit of creativity here, so thinking on your feet, but um, what would you think, what, what would happen or how would they, what would they make of each other if Jan and Wendy met? How would, they react, how would they react with each other? I think Jan would be um, very intimidated by Wendy. Um, and I think Wendy probably wouldn't give Jan a second look. Jan would be very annoyed with her if she knew she was... Uh, a, a oh, splitting up a family? Oh, yeah. God, yes, absolutely. Because, yes. Jan was very, quite moralistic in a way, wasn't she? She had morals and things. She was very... Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. and also, and Jan would have Jan would have stayed with Ned, um, whatever. But in fact, she didn't. 
but you know, that was sort of a mental health issue. But yes, she, she was very moralistic in that sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe um, another aspect um, that, that Wendy would have um, envied Jan, her family life. Yes, yes, no, interesting, interesting. It's just something, just something to throw out there. You know, it'd be quite interesting yeah. if some of these characters did meet, and you know, whatever. It'd be quite difficult for you though. You'd have to play both of them. You'd have to <laughs> <split> <laughs> I watched a documentary the night about Dick Henry, and he he was always splitting the stream between his characters. You know, so yeah, do it like that. But yeah, yeah. Um, um, lovely to talk to you, Roberta, um, and uh, wish you all for the future. Hope Thanks, you're safe in lockdown. Take care. See you later. Okay, Ashley. Bye. Distinct Nostalgia includes some special interviews remembering nearly 50 years of Emmerdale. I've been speaking to Ian Sharrock, who played the original Emmerdale heartthrob, Jackie Merrick. I can remember walking down a street in Harrogate and somebody across the road shouted out, Hey, Jackie! And it was the first time anyone had ever said that. Didn't look around at first because I didn't sort of respond to it. And then eventually I realised what was going on and I'm thinking, Oh! I'm famous! (laughs) We're right back to the beginning in 1972 with Freddie Pine, who played Matt. Donald Bavisock said to Kevin, I wanted to write a series about a farm. And he said, well, I don't know anything about a farm. So they said to him, well, come up to Yorkshire and live for two or three weeks and find out. It did come off the shelf and it did start. And Peggy said, my name, Matt was the first word of the series because she said Matt do you know all those new people over at Pickersgills or something that was Arthur Pentelow and his daughter Mr Wilkes because the daughter came riding over on a horse and she said do you know those people so my, I've always been quite proud that Matt was the very first word of the whole bloody series <laughs> still going 50 years later or something And you can't have Matt without Dolly. Jean Rogers has been reminiscing about her time in the Dales as well. It was lovely, was Toke. And he said to me after I'd been in the show about four or five weeks, he said, just to let you know, he said, Sheila approves of you. (laughs) And I said, oh, really? Because I didn't know. Oh, yes, he said. She was watching you. But but Sheila was always very professional. We felt as though we were mother and daughter in a way. We've some 90s fun with Dina Payne, who played Viv Windsor for 18 years. I'll only wear trousers if I'm going to Scarborough for the day. But when I'm working in the post office or when I'm working in the cafe, nice short skirts, padded shoulders, jackets, big earrings, you know, the lot. So you, you had some real input then in, into her character. Like I said, I wasn't really get given any kind of uh, direction for the character. So I just thought, well, OK, you don't give me any, I'll make it up. <laughs> and there's plenty more still to come. Trawl through our feed now to find hours of soap history. Remembering Emmerdale on Distinct Nostalgia. More than a podcast.